0: I'm Natalie Van Hav. I'm the Head of Education at the European Hematology Association.
1: I'm Ali Tahir, uh, the Director of the Blood and Cancer Center at the American University of Beirut. And uh, my my main interest is uh, hemoglobin disorders, mainly thalassemia.
0: And we're here to discuss uh, the uh, Thalassemia International Federation guidelines for uh, the management of patients with uh, transfusion-dependent thalassemia. Um, Ali, could you uh, start maybe by explaining what is the uh, Thalassemia International Federation and uh, what are their goals? What is the scope of this uh, federation?
1: Thalassemia International Federation, probably, it's the only federation that takes care of all patients with thalassemia. It has it has been started in the '60s after the uh, uh, the death of. Uh, the uh, son of the President of the Federation, Panos Iglesias, through which this Federation now is probably the most active Federation, uh, especially taking care of all issues related to the patients. And today we will be talking about the guidelines that were recently initiated, uh, updated uh, in 2022.
0: Exactly. So these guidelines uh, focus on diagnosis and treatment of the disease. And there has been a lot of changes uh, recently in terms of uh, diagnostic in uh, thalassemia with the advent of new molecular genetic testing methods. Can you comment on this? Tell us what is required for diagnosis and in which patients?
1: So first of all, we need to define thalassemia and we need to uh, thalassemia is an inherited disease. Uh, It's a disease that leads to anemia and because of this anemia, these patients would need continuous blood transfusion for survival. And because the blood contains iron, then we need to remove the iron by chelation therapy. And these patients are called TDT or transfusion-dependent thalassemia, what we used to call thalassemia major. To diagnose these patients, it's a clinical diagnosis at the beginning. And uh, with, uh, these patients are usually anemic, with uh, low hemoglobin, low MCV, small red blood cells we rule out iron deficiency anemia we do hemoglobin electrophoresis and from the hemoglobin electrophoresis we can know that this patient is a tdt or a minor thalassemia minor once we co- uh, diagnose it we can confirm it by genetic uh, testing so the the new things in the uh, in thalassemia diagnosis is not to diagnose the disease, but to diagnose some of the complications of the disease, which is by doing an MRI and looking into the iron overload in the heart and the liver using T2 star MRI and then LIC to measure the amount of iron. This is not really very new, but over the last 10 years, it has been worked a lot on it so that we can get the best uh, results of these uh, patients. So. To diagnose the disease per se, it's a good history, family history, pedigree, a simple complete blood count, and um, hemoglobin electrophoresis and genetic uh, testing. But to diagnose the complications of the disease, there are new methods, which I told you, the T2Star, the LIC, the bone densitometry, uh, looking into all the complications of the disease.
0: Okay, so the T2 star, the LIC, and I suppose the serum ferritin are still what you use to uh, diagnose and possibly monitor uh, the iron overload, right? Yes,
1: Uh, as I started by saying that it's a disease where we need to transfuse the patient for survival. Transfusing blood contains iron, and this iron will be deposited in most of the organs specifically in the heart, liver and endocrine. This is why the T2 star is very important, mm-hmm. because it, uh, it looks into the amount of iron in the heart, which is the cardiac T2 star. The T2 star of the liver looks into the amount of iron in the liver, which we call it lake or liver iron concentration. And by having these uh, two methods together with serum ferritin, and good chelation one would be able to know how to remove the iron how much you need to remove and how to address if we need to increase or decrease the uh, uh, chelation of these patients
0: okay are there um, uh, specific criteria that help you decide when to start chelation therapy
1: usually in the guidelines we say after 10 units of uh, blood transfusion of or if the serum ferritin is above 1,000. But currently we're trying as much as possible to lower these thresholds so that we will keep our patients uh, uh, at a safe level of iron to reduce the toxicities and mainly the heart, not only the heart and the liver, but also the endocrine uh, toxicity of iron overload because this will affect the growth, secondary sexual characteristics and the fertility of our uh, patients.
0: So uh, I believe there are three agents approved for chelation therapy. Is there any preference um, over one or two of them? or?
1: As I always say, the most important thing is to chelate our patient, regardless. I mean, we come from different parts of the world. Some parts of the world have the luxury to use whatever they want. Others don't have everything. So the most important thing and the, the lesson is the take-home message is to chelate these patients. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them are intravenous, the spheroxamine, Diferiprone and Diferazerox are oral. Some of the oral like Diferazerox have film-coated versus dispersible forms. Currently we will be moving to a new chelator, a new clinical uh, uh, trials. The question would be, do we still need chelators despite all these novel therapies? Yes, the presence of thalassemia is in what's called the third world or the underprivileged world where they cannot get access to all of the novel. So iron overload would remain a problem and chelation would remain a solution for these uh, patients.
0: understand. Um, so you mentioned novel therapies uh, that may not be accessible everywhere. Uh, and I, I guess why, by that you mean uh, allogenic transplantation and gene therapy. Uh, could you comment on Which patients would be Mm. candidate for these treatments? I think the only curative uh, uh, treatment for thalassemia
1: is bone marrow transplantation or allergenic. So if they have an uh, HLA-identical donor, Mm -hmm. or uh, non-identical being done in some of the uh, centers, but mostly if they have a a good identical donor uh, and the patient is not severely iron overloaded without a lot of complications, that would be the ideal way to cure the patient gene therapy is approved but with a prohibitive price so cannot be done all over and we still need to wait time and see what are the adverse events of uh, gene therapy but what i meant by uh, novel therapy is to address the pathophysiology of the disease which is ineffective erythropoiesis meaning that these patients have ineffective way in their bone marrow to produce red blood cells. So targeting ineffective erythropoiesis would address one of these issues to prolong the duration of transfusing the patients and to increase hemoglobin. And this is what we have seen in the new approved product Lospator Mm -hmm. which targeted ineffective erythropoiesis, prolonging the uh, duration of transfusing the patient, but in around 33% of the patients. Yes, we still have another metapivit, etapivit, and other uh, uh, products or molecules that target ineffective uh, erythropoiesis. Hopefully the future will show us more and more results, maybe combination therapy would lead, but all comes at a price. This is why I keep on saying that safe, good transfusion, keeping a pre-hemoglobin level of 10, our patients properly is a must until uh, these will be accessible to every one and each individual in the whole world where terasemia is mm-hmm. available.
0: So going back to set what do the guidelines tell us? Which category of patients and when do you uh, consider starting it?
1: I mean, being an editor of this uh, guidelines, with some of my colleagues, we have replaced set in the. Uh, algorithm of treating these uh, patients. I think uh, if it is available it can be given to most of the patients Mm -hmm. and see the response and see if you will keep on giving it or not Mm -hmm. as the uh, approval says. But at least in my opinion patients that cannot find blood be transfused, patients that have alloantibodies against the blood transfusion, patients that live in far places and can continue to come. So each country I think in my opinion should have a group of patients where they think luspatrocept would be the best uh, for uh, that. For sure at the end some of them will not respond and some would uh, respond but it's worth giving it a trial to our thalassemia uh, TDT patients.
0: And is there a place for luspatercept in pediatric patients?
1: The luspatercept pediatric tra- patients are uh, moving on and until we get the bet further uh, efficacy and safety results, I don't think we should uh, advocate using it. So once the data is clear and out, I think it will be, and that would be a very good uh, A group because these are naive patients with no complications and you would see how this product will prevent at a later stage in their life the complications unlike the adults where we are using it. Mm
0: -hmm. And thinking of uh, the life cycle of the patient, we briefly mentioned earlier uh, transplantation. Is that a treatment that is reserved to the young patients or would you also consider using it in older patients?
1: The younger the patient is, the less iron overload they have, the better heart. Mm. function they have, the cleaner liver they have the HLA identical donor would be the best result but it doesn't mean that we can't do it for an uh, adult but the complications and the morbidities will be more so chelating our patient, transfusing them very well at a young age is really the answer Mm -hmm. uh, now to do a transplant until we have further data uh, for all these novel therapies and where to have them and So we're having a menu where we have several options for our thalassemia. I think this is an exciting time for thalassemia as well as sickle cell with all these novel therapies that we are having. We need to wait, but from now until then, transfuse them well, chelate them well, and uh, so that we will get the best results.
0: So the combination of appropriate transfusion and good chelation is what you would probably say is the best option right now for most of the world? For
1: most of the world, for those part of the world where bone marrow transplantation is not available or cannot be done, where novel therapies is not available, and there will always remain a group of patients who accept to be part of clinical trials. And I think that this is also another important message because these are the patients that will give us answer to several unmet needs through which we could know what to work Mm -hmm. but good transfusion and good chelation would remain now the uh, treatment modality for the majority.
0: Okay, and does splenectomy still have a place?
1: If you transfuse them well and chelate them well there is no need to do splenectomy especially that we know that splenectomy has a lot of complications from infection, thrombosis, pulmonary hypertension, so when you transfuse them well, keeping a prehemoglobin at 9.5 or 10, and when you chelate them well, the spleen will not become very large. Mm-hmm. So, splenectomy is reserved now to those huge spleens or to those patients that have severe hypersplenism affecting their bone marrow and having neutropenia, thrombocytopenia. And if somebody, for example, is a football player or something and you're afraid that his uh, spleen will be affected by the trauma, but it is not anymore a modality of treatment for these patients.
0: Okay. So to to look after a thalassemia patient, I assume that it takes a multidisciplinary team. Um, Who should be part of that team?
1: I mean, the best way to treat thalassemia is through a multidisciplinary team and in a thalassemia center where you have the pediatrics and the adult Uh, for sure starting with the nurse educator, the physician, the general physician, the specialist cardiologist, hepatologist, endocrinologist for diabetes and uh, bone disease, psychologist, where they have a lot of anxiety and uh, psychological problems because of their uh, chronic uh, disease. Um, So these uh, dentists where we have For example, in our dentist, because they have some uh, dental issue, and ophthalmologist, because some of the chelators will affect the eye. So, from nurse educators, uh, psychologists, to physicians, general physicians, to subspecialized physicians. Two health economic people that are in the center so that we will get the best for these uh, patients. This is the centers that will get the best results and best survival when you look at them in a multidisciplinary, with a multidisciplinary team.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you feel that the the prevalence of patients with uh, TDT in uh, Western and Northern Europe has changed with uh, migration? And do you feel that uh, hematologists in those more economically uh, proficient countries have the knowledge to take care of thalassemia patients in general?
1: This is a really a very important uh, aspect, and I think it, it deserves a whole uh, video or a whole chapter. As you know, the world now is really in crisis all over. We have a lot of mig- uh, migration, a lot of migrants, a lot of refugees. Most of them come from unprivileged uh, places, and at those places, thalassemia is prevalent. So now they are in Europe and in the uh, North America. And some of the physicians, especially in Europe, do not have the knowledge to deal with these people. This is why through EHA we have done some projects to uh, make these people, uh, these physicians, know better about the disease the diagnosis and the treatment and the prevention because we're talking about treatment but ultimately these will marry get carriers carriers will marry and get more uh, uh, patients so i think it's a very good project and worth educating these uh, physicians from general physicians into specialists about the disease itself the pathophysiology the modalities of uh, treatment the refugees might be privileged that they are in these countries where they are uh, receiving uh, care but some of the care should be uh, better uh, uh, done through educating some of the physicians which will see these rare diseases that were not at the time present in their uh, uh, countries
0: well thank you very much Ali i think that's been a a really interesting conversation and I hope that uh, you know it will lead to interest in uh, education on uh, thalassemia and particularly uh, transfusion-dependent uh, thalassemia.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for Iha for always including me in your uh, uh, educational uh, uh, way uh, to uh, educate uh, physicians, and I'm always available and ready for any questions related to TDT or other uh, diseases. Thank always you. a pleasure, Ali.
0: Thank you.